And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, and totally triumphant Tuesday as we find unity from the Father through the Son and by the Holy Spirit. I can talk. (laughs) All for the glory of God Almighty. I can do it. I do it for a living. First, yep, Jesus, I love you. I love the idea of eternal life. It is such excellent fire insurance. I will follow you wherever you go and do whatever you want me to do. This is the best association since they offered memberships at the local country club. But there could be a significant snafu in our reasoning. If we say yes to Jesus— We often lose the add-on benefits that earthly privileges bring and the idea of security and comfort coming from the world and the worldly. Uh Uh-oh. Next, I know that the way that most churches portray the Christian families and Christian fellowships are one of fluff, puff, and nothing rough. But that is a far cry from the realities of faith. Proverbs 17.27 states, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. When iron sharpens iron, there are sparks, and the metal gets heated. Get it? So when we read that the disciples were having an argument, and when there are arguments in the church or moments of disagreement, that's called normal. It's living in the unresolved that is not okie-dokie with God. And finally, again, because of the leading of the Lord, I hope, we're going to visit again with our great friend, Pastor Ray, who is not gone, but hanging out with Jesus Christ. He's not forgotten because his kingdom efforts will endure for eternity. Pastor Ray writes about what worship releases, and I want to really focus in on that when we do that segment. So God hangs out with us, and his power is released in our lives and in other lives all around us. The power of God is glorious. And Pastor Ray, brother, we miss you. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive. So much more. Hey, hey, hey. We're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us during the show, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us during the show, 972-445-0770. Now, that number is special because when you make that phone call, that 972-445-0770. You make that phone call, 
you're going to end up talking to mighty Gabriel. Let me tell you what that's like. That's like finding an old picture of yourself and, man, you look good. Yeah, and then you will fly. Now, I don't want to admit that it's been quite some time since I found a picture of myself and said, oh, you look good. That's besides the point. I'm just saying it's when it does happen. That's what we're talking about, okay? All right, so here's the bottom line. Perhaps you have a praise report. Perhaps you have a prayer request. Our goal is to encourage and strengthen one another. We're following Hebrews chapter 325. We're following Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, where we're trying to strengthen one another, encourage one another, bless one another, lift one another up as we see the day of the return of Jesus Christ getting closer and closer. So if you've got something that's on your mind, you've got something that's on your heart, you have that opportunity to share. It's your brothers, it's your sisters. It's not a denominational background. It's a I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. He died on the cross. He was buried, and three days later, he rose again. I have that faith. I surrender my life to him. God is my heavenly Father. Lord Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit is my guide. The Holy Spirit leads, guides, directs, and instructs me and glorifies Jesus Christ. It is the same Father, blood relatives, drinking from the same Holy Spirit attitude that we're talking about. Here goes for your trivia question. According to... Jesus, John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking, but what was John accused of because he didn't come eating or drinking? What did they accuse him of? Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. Again, the question, according to Jesus, John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking, but what was John accused of? See? He came neither eating and drinking, and you guys said, and then you got to fill in that area right there. Again, 972-445-0770. Text 214-210-8483 or david at hemustincrease.org. In the meantime, I'm going to lift up a prayer for the audience. As everybody is listening, we want to collectively grab our faith together and pray for one another. Let's do that real quickly. Father, we come before you right now with thanks and praise. We worship you. We honor you. We glorify you. You are awesome. You are fantastic, and you are kind to us on an everyday basis. Lord, I pray right now for our audience and for myself as well that we would continually remember you in all of our circumstances, in all of our situations, that we would not lose vision or focus, that you are there with us. Please affirm, and please confirm, and please continue to move in our lives in such a way as that we know not all the things are going to happen, but that you are involved with our lives. We pray this in the wonderful and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Okay? Okay. All right? All right. It's all right. 
All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, uh, trivia question. According to Jesus, John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking, but what did they say he had? Okay, people are getting on board right now. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770 is the number to call. 214-210-8483 is the text. And then david at hemustincrease.org. Let's get into the teaching that we're going to get into. It's called, for this DDD, a non-existent pillow. Do you ever go to bed at night? Do you sleep with a pillow? Most people sleep with a pillow. We sleep with a lot of pillows, plus we sleep with the dogs. <laughs> Sometimes the dogs seem to become the pillows. That, of course, is a completely separate issue. Luke chapter 9, verse 57 through 58, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Unfortunately, some people, from a theological point of view, have taught this meant that Jesus didn't have a home base. That is incorrect. Jesus taught this specifically when he was journeying into a land that he was not often in, and then he was just simply saying, I'm in this place, and I don't really have a base. I don't have a place to uh, go to, uh, so okie dokie. So, I mean, if you're going to follow me, just be aware, I don't have a place to go. And see, this is what people do is they say, Jesus Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love I love fire insurance. Jesus, I love the idea of not being burnt up like a bad steak. Jesus, I love the idea of living forever with you and being in a place that has streets of gold. I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus responded to this person, foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't have anywhere to lay his head. What does that mean? Here's what it means. It's the attitude that I will follow you, Jesus. I'm, I'm committed to you. And wherever you wherever you want me to go, Lord, I just I will follow you wherever you go. It doesn't matter. I will do it. I am I am loyal. And then Jesus uses the example of foxes and birds. And you think, well, why do you use foxes and birds? Well, it's not exactly like foxes and birds have, you know, like McMansions going on, right? Foxes have holes. This is not exactly the nicest place to live. Birds have the little nests, which can be anywhere, which can often be anywhere, even in a pail, as Noel and I found out. And the bottom line is, Jesus was telling him, and you got to get ready on this, my path, get ready, get ready, has no worldly or earthly stability. <gasps> what? No, we grew up in a country that says all you do is work hard and you do this and you save up for retirement and this and this and this. Jesus said, my path has no worldly or earthly stability. If your confidence is in a government, it's not in God. I can't help you. If your confidence is in your own abilities, I can't help you. If your confidence is in Jesus, then the path you have to go is one that does not offer worldly and earthly security. Jesus didn't even have a pillow. And so when we do this come follow me attitude, and this well, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. You're the man. I'm after you. I want to live forever. I love Jesus. I'll follow you anywhere you want me to go. Okay, but I don't have a pillow. What do you mean you don't have a pillow, Jesus? Everybody has a pillow. 
Not everybody, and not always. Jesus' pathway has no worldly or earthly stability connected to it. In other words, if you seek first the kingdom of God, everything else will be added unto you by the Lord, but it's not guaranteed to be in Gucci. You get it? Okay, that's not overly complex. Uh, the trivia question, according to Jesus, John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking, but what was he accused of? John was accused of having a demon because he didn't eat or drink. That's the answer to that. All right, we're going to take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Who knows when a broken heart will mend? I was uh, driving down I-30 yesterday, and it was stop-and-go traffic. There's, uh, I guess, an accident up ahead. So I was putting along at uh, 20 miles an hour, 15 miles an hour, and this little sports car was speed up and get right beside me and then he'd fall back you know just kind of we're shuffling back and forth he'd go and i'd go and he'd go and i go and i just was watching out of the corner of my eye and just kind of mindlessly driving at 20 miles an hour and then all of a sudden i hear this little beep 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 beep, beep and i said uh-oh I, what did i do and i looked out of the corner of my eye and he's he drove right up next to me he had his windows rolled down and he gave me a big old thumbs up. And I said, what's he giving me a thumbs up for? I was kind of expecting when you have somebody honking at you, you're expecting something else, you know. And uh, and then I realized I have that bumper sticker on that ah. that's, uh, it's, you know, um, God created the universe. Uh, he can write a book. And uh, and then he just sped off. Not Well, he he slowly drove off at <laughs> 20 miles an hour. <laughs> But I, I just thought that was neat. That's the first time that anybody's really gives a thumbs up for a bumper sticker. Usually, it, people that have bumper stickers, it's to hold their bumper on their car. But that uh, is I just awesome. wanted to share that story. That is an awesome story. First of all, it's really good that he gave you a thumbs up and didn't use any other yeah. fingers. So let's just say that's for sure. And then the other part about that is that that's cool because whether he's listening to the show or not, he agrees with you, knows that that's true. Hey, look, God created the universe. The dude can write a book. Let's just get that. Well, let's it, get that squared away. You know. <laughs> yes, and it, you know what? He might be listening to the story um, to the the uh, radio now that's exactly right what a blessing that's cool and we do have those bumper stickers you know we only have so many but we were as we get this we're going to do an ambassador program and that'll give people an opportunity to put the bumper sticker on their car if they want to and nobody wants you to do anything to your car you don't want to but i really really appreciate you sharing that story and that is a great story and see every time we're on traffic we think something bad's going to happen instead Hey, there was something good that happened. Somebody standing with you in the faith, perhaps a fellow listener saying, right on. Just right. That's the right target. I bet that blessed you at the moment, didn't it? It sure did. Yeah. It sure did. That's cool. Yeah. That's a great story. I mean, I love that. Oh, good job. <laughs> good good job in being an ambassador just by sharing that bumper sticker and just by proclaiming the truth. Some people will read that and they might go, oh, I don't know, but it sure challenges a lot of people, doesn't it? It's like, oh, you got to think that through, don't you? The David Spoon Experience. 
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where this station proudly declares the truth of God and does it on so many different levels. That's what I love. This is such a great spectrum for people to listen to this station. I think that part's cool. All right. Yes, that's a plug for Don, so leave me alone. And don't forget to pray for me and Don and for Gabe and for Jennifer. You need to be praying for us. You want to know why? We need prayer. <laughs> that's why. Just the same reason I pray for you. We need prayer. That's what it is. Okay, so we just did this one with John the Baptist, and some people were like kind of mixing them up, so I'm going to give you a chance to kind of do a little bit of redemption here. Uh, so in the other one, we were talking about Jesus saying, you know, what did they say about John the Baptist? He didn't eat or drink. Now, here's the other part of that. Jesus said the Son of Man, referring to himself, came eating and drinking. And what did they accuse Jesus of? So he's telling the story about satisfaction and so on and so forth. But it's like, John came, John the Baptist came, Johnny B, that's right, and he didn't eat or drink. They said, oh, that guy's got a demon. Now, Jesus comes eating and drinking. What did they say about him? Huh? Get that? Get that? Huh? Okay. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. That would be the number to call, plus uh, 214-210-8483. That's the number to text. And that David, also David at he must increase.org. Who's having more fun than me? Nobody. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. All right. Uh, in the meantime, I have to do my jokes. So, this is a good Now, now, so one, two, three. These are one liners, but there's, there's six one liners. They're pretty fast, okay? Now, somebody's calling in, so you are all getting spared. You are all being delivered. Every one of you is being delivered uh, in this uh, particular moment because somebody's calling in and they're gonna. I think they're gonna answer the trivia question, and we'll give them that chance. And then you're gonna hear the jokes, and you're not gonna escape them because even if I have to push it back to the fourth segment, I'm gonna do that. So just <laughs> so if you are guys are ready. So the trivia question is, or has been, or has been, Jesus said the Son of Man came eating and drinking. What was he accused of? And remember, we just got done talking about Jesus saying John the Baptist came neither eating or drinking, and people said he's got a demon. Okay, so now the Son of Man comes eating and drinking. What did people? Ginny <laughs> right, is coming through with a fast line. All right, was somebody they were going to answer? Now they don't want to answer. Okay, okay, no good. All right, so we'll wait on that. So that therefore I have to do my jokes. Ha! Too bad. All right, so there's six of them, one-liners. The first one's not that funny. The rest of them are pretty funny. Uh, Genesis, this is in uh, Genesis 7:13. Noah had two pigs in the ark, plus a ham. See, because his son was named Ham, so he had two pigs. That's not that funny. All right, Japheth. Okay, do you think it's still raining outside? He asked Shem. Shem, do you ever see it raining inside? Okay, that's not that funny either. All right, hold on, hold on. What was Noah's favorite country record? Ready? This is a good one. Ready? You know what his favorite country record is? I love I love a rainy night. <laughs> rain, Noah, rain, rain. <laughs> all right, at least I got one. Okay, I got three more. They're all real fast. Noah said to his wife, do me a favor, quit saying into each life some rain must fall. <laughs> that's funny. There you go. All right. Uh, in many ways, the Bible is a surprising modern story. How's that? Like Noah and the Ark. How's that? Because it took him over 40 days to find a place to park. There you go. You can't do that. Hey, 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 hey. Last, do you know what state is mentioned in the Bible? 
This is what state. Noah looked out of the Arkansas. Arkansas! There you go. All right, that was okay. What are you going to do? You can buzz that one if you want to. Wasn't that good? <laughs> yeah, that's probably appropriate. All right, back to the trivia question. Yes, we're doing teach and relax. Uh, the trivia, what is the trivia question? The trivia question is, Jesus said the Son of Man came eating and drinking. What did they accuse him of? So John, Jesus said John the Baptist came neither eating or drinking, and they accused him of having a demon. Jesus came eating and drinking. What did they accuse him of? That's the question. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Also, 214-210-8483, or send an email, david at hemusincrease.org. Get into the teaching right here. This is called You're Not. Not not is in tie up in a knot. You're not. You know how, like, you are? This is You're Not. Gluten. That's pretty funny. Uh, an argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasonings of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you is the one who is great. Again, you have the such a contrary principle to the way the world operates, don't you? Here in the world, you know, say he who has the gold, you know, makes the rule. That's the golden rule, <laughs> right? And then people are like the great and the powerful are those influencers and those people that that tell people what to do or the people that lead people. Unfortunately, many of our leaders have themselves in mind and certainly aren't under the influence of the Lord. But the idea behind this is for you and I to catch this, that people keep wanting to be the greatest. I'm the greatest, Right? I mean, at least you give credit to Muhammad Ali. His was a shtick. He knew it. He loved it. People loved it. It was fun. I am the greatest. It was fun. Right? The problem is people really think this. That's the problem. So the disciples get into an argument. Just so you can know, uh, being a Christian doesn't mean you never have an argument. I'm not sure where that came from. I'm not sure who came up with that. It, what it does mean is if you do have an argument, you don't sit in the resentment. That's what it means. Because arguments happen. It happened with the disciples. They were walking with Jesus. You can't get closer with Jesus than walking with Jesus. And while they're walking with Jesus, I mean, they probably could have thrown a snow cone at Jesus and hit him in the head. They're so close to Jesus, and yet they still get into an argument. Right? So, okay, so everybody, you know, calm down. Right? Not everybody sees everything exactly the same. The whole goal is for us to see it the way God sees it first, and then everything else can can find its way. So they get into an argument. The argument is about who's the greatest. That's their argument. So I, 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 I just forgive me, but I have to think about how this argument went. Right? Well, I'm better than you are. <laughs> Like, how did this argument go? Oh, who's better than John? Nobody's better than John. Oh, I beg to differ, Peter says. And and, and James is like, what are you talking about? I'm there at all those things. I mean, you know it's that kind of thing. <laughs> it's like, who's the greatest? Who's going to take over? Who's next in charge? Okay, here's Jesus' answer. You're not. None of you. None of you are the greatest. It's the nicest way to say it. He puts a child in the midst of them and go, greater than all of you. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> you can just see their faces going, what are you talking? That's a kid. 
Really? In our society, it's the person who can get the most views or the most TikTok this or Facebook that or Twitter this or whatever. And it's like in God's economy, it's like that is so far away from me. You don't even know who you don't even know who I am. That's the truth. And from a technicality point of view, there is only one great and none else. And that's Jesus. That's it. So Jesus simplifies the lesson. <laughs> you think, how does he simplify the lesson? He takes a child and puts him in by his side. And then he goes, whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me, which tells you there's a lot of receiving going on. Yes. And it says, for he who is least among you is the one who is great. You have all these people in our society, in our government, in the media. and They're all vying to be the greatest and the greatest and the greatest. And you know what? None of us are. There's nobody. I mean, I mean, none of us. No human being. None. No, no, no. The best, one of the best things that James Romans has said is that God uses imperfect vessels. He always has. He always will. There you go. That's us. We're just fortunate. Let me rephrase that. We're just blessed that we get to do anything with God. And we're really, really blessed that he didn't just go, that's enough. <laughs> We'd all be gone. And I'm so sick of, well, these people are entitled to this, and these people deserve this, and these people are entitled to this. Nobody's entitled or deserves anything, anywhere, anytime. The moment you sin, you deserve to be obliterated off the, off the, out of the universe. So you can just be thankful for every single breath you've ever taken, period. That's that, okay? All right. Just had to get that. You know who's the greatest? Nobody. Jesus is the greatest. And in God's economy, the one that is the most humble, genuinely humble. All right? Genuinely humble, okay? All right, Jesus said the Son of Man came eating and drinking. What was Jesus accused of? He was accused of being a drunkard and a glutton. So John the Baptist came. He didn't eat or drink. They said, he's got a demon. Jesus came eating and drinking. They said, he's a drunkard and a glutton. His people are never satisfied. All right, folks, we'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill. Can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. So I punish myself, I go down to the jail of my soul. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 
or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Oh, no, it's not on his tail. It's on his face. I've ruined it. Oh, no. Well, that's okay, though. Somebody else will come along and get it right. Thanks for coming to my birthday party, Stewie. Oh, I wouldn't have missed it for anything. I've never been to a party before. Want to watch me blow out the candles? I would love to see that. And gosh, Bobby, I'd love to play with some of your birthday toys, but only after you've played with them and only if you say it's okay. I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his BA degree in ministry and leadership, as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a PhD program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Now, I know these trivia questions have been a little harder, but you know, you can get them. I know you can. One of the most famous Bible verses has the words, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Which book is that from? One of the most famous Bible verses. I will come in and eat with him. What book is that from that Jesus said that? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972 Seven zero. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. I'm going to send you up to the website because this is the spot we do that in, and I'll tell you all the things you want to know. Blah, 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 blah. We need money. Great. Go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemostincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemostincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemostincrease.org. Hemostincrease.org. Obviously a jet taking off. That's uh, that's the sound I would give that uh, if I was trying to give it something. 
<laughs> See? Uh, okay. Well, I thought that's funny. All right. Uh, somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? You know, it's funny that you use the term knock, knock, because the answer to that, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That is right. That's so good. That's good. What book? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love that you got that. What book is that in? Revelation. That is correct, sir. You are right again. Now, you know what's amazing about that text? You know what's absolutely amazing? That was written to the church. And people always use that for people making first-time decisions. Isn't that amazing that Jesus is like, okay, you people are supposed to be my church. Okay, listen up. <laughs> nice, nice, great scripture. I think that uh, that's something that we all need to take heed to. If he's constantly knocking, we just need to give him a chance. Yep. It's amazing, isn't it? Ah. Excellent job, it my really brother. Is. You did an excellent, excellent job, and I greatly appreciate well, thank you. it. God bless you. Thank you. Be blessed. Right. You take care. All, All right. right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs> we give props to uh, to Lewis on that as well. Lewis called and said, what book? The Bible. <laughs> nice, Lewis. Nice. <laughs> All right. See you got this crew, and we'll just deal with that later. Uh, okay, let's do, we're going to do, what do we do? History. Let's do history. Go ahead and do history. Let's go living in the past. Let's go living in the past. All right, today is, uh, today's the ninth, right? I think all day long. Uh, it's Book Lovers Day. I happen to be a big fan of the Bible, so I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem with that. It's also uh, Hand Holding Day, which is fine uh, for holding hands. I mean, that's okay, but I think this is a little cooler. It's National Polka Day, you know? Polka. Yeah, polka music, right? Yeah, I mean, what's better than those commercials where the guy comes out and he's got the accordion? I don't know. They even seem to sell, still sell accordions. I don't know what they do. Uh, 1892. Uh, on this day, Thomas Edison received a patent for a two-way telegraph. 1936, Jesse Owens becomes the first American to win four medals in a single uh, Olympics. Uh, now, I happen to be a hockey fan. I always thought this was the most bizarre thing yet. Uh, 1988, hockey great Wayne Gretzky is traded from the Edmonton Oilers to the Los Angeles Kings. Okay, so let's take the greatest player that ever played the game and get rid of him. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, 2001. This is my fave right here. Okay. Ready? Right. 2001. Gomer Pyle, the fictional TV character Gomer Pyle, is made an honorary U.S. Marine and pro- promoted to the rank of Lance Corporal by the commandment of the United States Marine Corps. The character was played by Jim Neighbors, introduced in 1962 during the third season of The Andy Griffith Show, and in 1964 was spun off into its own series, Gomer Pyle, USMC. And do you remember Jim's favorite, or I'm sorry, Gomer's favorite line? Well, golly! That's right. I did that. Well, golly! All right, there you go. (laughs) 
Eh, leave me alone. All right, here we go. Uh, okay, uh, as you know, every once in a while, uh, as uh, our great friend Pastor Ray jumped up before any rapture could take place and went up and sp- spending time with the Lord. That was pretty sneaky of him, I just want to say. But uh, he has uh, their entire year, they're giving his devotions, they're sending him out. And I just want to read this other one. It's called What Worship Unleashes. And I just have so much respect for, for Ray. He was such an impact in my personal life. I would not be in radio in Texas if it wasn't for Pastor Ray. So if you've ever had any blessing at all, uh, that guy's still, he's getting credit. And if you're still angry, then uh, you got to forgive him at this point. Uh, here's what it says. So I'm going to read you what Pastor Ray wrote, okay? It says this. So this is Joshua 6.2. See, I have given Jericho into your hands. And this is Pastor Ray. I had the thrill one year of going to the Rose Bowl, which seats 100,000 people. The sound of cheering during the game was like sitting in front of a jet plane, deafening to your body's core. It reminded me of the story of Joshua and Jericho and what worship can accomplish. As Joshua prayed and prepared to enter the promised land, he looked up to see a man with a sword who identified himself as the commander of the army of the Lord. When Joshua fell on his face in worship, the man did not stop him, but told him to take off his sandals, for you are on holy ground. A clear parallel to Moses entering the presence of God in the burning bush. Then the Lord told Joshua the outcome of this battle before it started. The victory was promised. Did you hear that? The victory was promised. The Lord didn't give Joshua a military strategy for conquering a city. He told Joshua and his men to march in silence around the city for six days with priests carrying seven rams, horns, trumpets. On the seventh day, they were to march around seven times and blow the trumpets and shout. The marching in silence for seven days may have unnerved Jericho's residents. They could feel the ground trembling, hearing only the steady beat of footsteps. That final seven times around built the suspense, followed by the loudest shout you can imagine, louder than the Rose Bowl. The Hebrew word for shout is ruah, meaning to break or split the ears with sound, to shout for alarm or joy. Imagine two million people shouting, splitting the atmosphere, and unleashing the supernatural into the natural world. The army of mighty angels and God's presence were unleashed by shouts of faith, an ultimate act of worship. No siege, no weapons, but a promise from God. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given you. The promises of God remain theoretical until we appreciate them and appropriate them and take the steps of faith to walk on the ground he puts before us. Joshua obeyed God's order as an act of worship. Worship shifts the atmosphere and releases the manifested presence of God. That's just like such a great line. Listen, worship shifts the atmosphere and releases the manifest presence of God. Jericho was not a town of nice, normal people. It was a host of demonic realms of evil and suffering and human sacrifice and torture. 
Jericho represented the strongholds or represents the strongholds in our lives that hurt us and keep us from God's blessing. Joshua's act of worship and shout of triumph shattered the strongholds. When we worship, we too will see strongholds broken and the walls brought down. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30. Wow! I am never going to be that good of a writer. Even when I see Ray in heaven, I'm going to go, you're still better than me. <laughs> it's just so much better. Listen to this one line. If there's just one line, I'm going to, I'm going to say over and over again. Listen to this. Worship shifts the atmosphere and releases the manifested presence of God. You need to understand, and Tozer, A.W. Tozer, does a phenomenal job on this. He talks about the universal presence and the manifested presence. The fact that God is omniscient, he knows everything. He's all-powerful, right? He's omnipotent. But he's also omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. There's a universal presence of God that goes everywhere. But there's also a manifested presence of God where God shows up specifically, the manifested presence of God is often seen in the framework of worship and praise. God inhabits the praises of Israel. When they praise, God dwells in the midst. Isn't that just like, yeah, that's so much better than I'll ever be. Love that stuff. We'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Thanks a lot for all the blessing that you give me. Thanks a lot for all the ways that you have cared. The David Spoon Experience. I am such a sinner. Not just a sinner. I am such a sinner. I'm like the biggest sinner ever. That's how I felt. And then... It was the understanding that God really cared about me. And therein lies the key. Because God did care. He does care. And it's the same for you. You're listening to me. He does care. And that pain you're going through, it makes him weep. And you might say, well, you can't back that up spiritually or scripturally. Yes, I can. John chapter 11, verse 35. Jesus wept, not for Lazarus. Lazarus was getting up in five minutes, but all the grief and the pain around him. Come on. God has a heart. His heart's bigger than your heart. So here's part of the things that I, I mean, I'm skipping, I'm skipping light years. I'm just going past it. But it's like when that guy started crying and I started getting mad and then he said it was, this is how the Lord feels for you. And this is the, the Lord's heart for you. It just showed me I'm so hard hearted. I'm I'm like a I'm like a I'm like a, a a rock, but not in a good way, you know. I'm like a like a dumb rock. Like, oh man, what's the matter with me? And so, you know what he did when he was done doing that? Because now I'm gone, right? Because now you, how do you think after after that happens? How do you think I feel? Okay, so now I'm like, please pray for me. <laughs> That's right, because I'm just lost. And he prays for me, and it's powerful. It's like you know. It's unbelievable. It's just really, very, really powerful. Here's the thing that leads up to it. Now, are we ready? Because and that is the the powerful point, especially when he cried. 
But it turns out that I went to that church for a little while. You want to hear something absolutely, positively, mind-blowing, amazing? Three months later on a Sunday night, I was preaching in that church. And I was preaching Romans 116, the very first thing I ever taught in my life. In that church, in Pastor David Huntsworth Church, Abundant Life in Dillon, Colorado. And I'll tell you one thing that I hope you really hear. And that is that one experience so affected me, I was never the same person again. It just showed me that God really does care. We're pretty hard-hearted. Yeah, we're kind of, we're mashugi from time to time. Not God. He's totally awesome. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we're getting ready to offer up our last trivia question. Get ready. All right. So remember our very first trivia question was what kind of tree did Jesus curse? Right. This is a little different. But it's along the same lines. Here's your last trivia question. What fruit-bearing plant did Jesus liken himself to? He said, I am the what 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 is that? What is that? What is it? You gotta answer that question. I am the okay. Uh if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, David at he must increase. Dot org. I'm pretty sure that stuff's in John 15, but that's off the top of my head. I know it's in John somewhere. Uh, Eric is the first to strike. Excellent job. Uh, let's uh, make sure that uh, if you have that chance to do that. I also want to ask you to be praying for ministry direction because we uh, had a meeting yesterday, and we're going to have another meeting in the next couple of weeks, and we're having meeting, 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 meetings, meetings, meetings. I'm not a big meeting fan. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, as I told you yesterday, you got to be praying for me so I can have direction and know where to go, what to do, you know, all that stuff uh, that's going on. Uh, we got that. We got that. Uh, I'm excited about the new fills. We got new fills coming in. So I've already dropped in uh, with Jennifer, and I told her she, she there's no way she can get them all done right away, just so you can know. So I've given her like 30 new fills and 20 old sounds, and we're going to literally create up to 100 new fills and put them in so that you guys aren't just hearing Captain Crunch, even though I happen to like Captain Crunch. Hey, it's a good story, and it's funny. All right, there you go. All right, your trivia question one more time, and then I'll get into the teaching. Here it is. What fruit-bearing plant did Jesus compare himself to? Did Jesus liken himself to? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214, <clears throat> excuse me, 210-8483 or send an email, David, at hemustincrease.org. I want to talk to you about this text called Walking. This is the DDD. It's called Walking Backwards. Walking Backwards. Ready? Okay. Here we go. 
Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Okay, hold on. That's number one. Number two, remember Lot's wife. Number three, Acts chapter 7, verse 39. Our ancestors were unwilling to obey him, but pushed him away and in their hearts turned back to Egypt. This is three passages, all from Luke. Two of them are in the Gospel of Luke. One of them is in the book of Acts, which Luke also wrote. And each one is trying to communicate a very important point that many of us know is true, but do not walk in as truth. Does that that make sense? Um, It's funny because I had a brief conversation with my son yesterday, and he said something that was pertinent. He said, you know, it seems to me if people just had the faith of a mustard seed, there'd be a lot more stuff getting done, to which I replied, it seems to me that most people have less than the faith of a mustard seed because a lot of stuff doesn't get done. The idea behind that is that, you know, there's this forward motion that you go, you believe, you the seed is a small seed, but then it grows up, the, the, the mustard seed grows up and impacts others. And the impact that Jesus made reference to is that the birds have a place to rest their heads to find shade and that's what the impact of a small amount of faith that you might have will have on somebody else it will not just change your life but it'll impact other people around you that's kind of what has to do with the walk walk around on that teaching but in this teaching jesus is very specific and luke and, and i think it's amazing that all three of these are from luke actually because jesus is saying don't be looking backwards because that's not good for you And then in reference to Lot's wife, what did she do when the the Lord said, go forward and don't look back? What did she do? She looked back. And then what happened? She turned into a pillar of salt. People are like, oh, that's just a wise You know, God created humanity. He can turn a person into a cow. He can turn a person into a pile of salt. That's up to God. But the principle is that Jesus said, keep that in mind. Don't put your hands and then start looking backwards. And then again in Luke, in their hearts, they turn back to Egypt. There is a bad tendency for the people of God. Now, I'm just going to say this real quickly. This isn't the worldly people, folks. Somebody who has their hand on the plow for the kingdom is a kingdom person. Somebody who's listening to the story about Lot and his wife, those are people that were being delivered by the Lord from the other people. The children of Israel were the one who turned their hearts back to Egypt. These are people of God. And Jesus' teaching is don't live looking back. I will help you right now with the most simplistic thing in the world. What can you do about an hour ago? Nothing. It's over. It's gone. See ya. What can you do about a week ago, a month ago, a year ago? And you know, and you've heard me say it, and I'll preach it until, I don't know about blue in the face, but I'll preach it as long as I can. And that is everybody is going around going, if only, if only, if only God would have done this. If only this person would have done this. If only I would have bet this. If only I would have picked these numbers. If only I would have taken this career. If only I would have married this person. If only I would have divorced this person. If only, if only, if only, if only, if only. All of that is rubbish. That's looking in the back or looking in the past with bitterness. Stop it. 
It does you no good. It profits you none. There's nothing you can gain from it. And we've mentioned this before. Instead, say next time, next time, next time. Why? Because next time means you're looking forward to something, not backwards towards something. And the whole principle here that Jesus is teaching is don't don't start don't don't start doing the things of God and then start looking back to the world. The world will not give you what you think you you are going to get. And the scripture is quite clear. Sin is pleasurable for a season, and then it strikes at you. And the idea behind this is to understand that you go forward. And I've told you my favorite illustration, and I I always bring it up because of what happened to me. (laughs) So uh, at 10 Mile and uh, 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 Southfield, there's a, that's a, a big intersection in, in Michigan, in Southfield, Michigan, and uh, you, you, you have to be careful. There's a lot of traffic, and that's the place where I tried to pop a wheelie on my bicycle, and my bicycle hit the curb, <laughs> and I slid off and flipped over uh, literally onto the sidewalk uh, on my bicycle. Anyway, the point of that whole thing, and I always think about that, is – You cannot go across that street looking backwards and live. (laughs) So you can understand it's Detroit. It's not quite like New York. New York's probably the craziest place for drivers. I probably wouldn't even argue that. L.A.'s bad, but it's just bad because there's so much traffic. You cannot get across 10 and Southfield and survive. If you look backwards, you will die. You will be hit by a car, if not 15 cars. You cannot make it in the Christian life looking backwards. You will get hit by something, and it will knock you down. So stop it. You can't do anything about that. If you did something wrong in the past, you're not the only one. Welcome to the human race. Ask God for forgiveness. If it still bugs you, you lay it before the Lord. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Does that mean that sin would have sent you to hell? No, it's bugging you, and you need to be cleansed. Remember, James says, pray for one another uh, that you may be, and confess to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. Residue sin sits in there, and sometimes you got to pray that the Lord will clean it out. Got it. But once you do, anytime it comes back, that's a lie. Because you've already brought it to the blood, and you just need to be a Bible believer. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Done. And if the enemy brings it back, go, no, no, that's under the blood. Sorry. You don't go, you don't follow that. You don't walk that way backwards. And so you do that, move forward. And you move forward, and you move forward, because you cannot go backwards. Back to the Future is a fun movie, but it was a movie, okay? Let's get the the reality check. The time machine was fun, but it was a movie, okay? In reality, you do not put your hands to the plow and look back. In reality, you do not do what Lot's wife did and look back. In reality, you do not let your heart turn back towards Egypt because in your mind you're thinking, oh, it was so much better, and it's such a lie. And in their hearts they turn back to Egypt. Do you realize the children of Israel thought slavery is better than freedom? That was their conclusion. "Mm, That's wrong. So passionately 
Some of you need to go, okay, that's enough. And I, I'm not a big fan on, on certain actions that, you know, but I do like this one. If you're really having a huge, 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 huge problem, write down what your huge, huge, huge problem is on a piece of paper, wrap it up, throw it in the basket, say, Lord, this basket is your blood, and drop it in and be done with it. And that's the end of it. What fruit-bearing plant did Jesus liken himself to, or did he compare himself to? And the answer would be the vine. He said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Of course, that goes to Keith Green's song, I am divine, and you are the branches. I think that's funny, too. All right, folks, that's the show. I hope it was a blessing for you. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break, then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Most of my life, it feels like I've been running.